What do you do if you have created an offer and have put it out, but nobody is buying it? How can you change this and how can you make sure that you do get sales for the offers that you put out? Because what we don't want is to craft and work on an idea that we have that we passionately put together that we think are useful and valuable, but that nobody is buying. Welcome to the Bold Business Owners Podcast. In this podcast, I'm sharing with you inspiration, lessons, tips, and actionable strategies to make your own bold business and life happen. Who's your host? My name is EJ, and in the past decade as a strategy consultant, I advised numerous organizations in growing a business in line with their vision and purpose. It is now my mission to help entrepreneurs with the exact same tools and methods to create a strategy that works for them all so that they can build a more profitable business on their own terms. This is the Bold Business Owners Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to dive into a couple of different areas that you can look at to make sure that your offers are actually selling. Let me first give you an overview of the different areas that you can look at when analyzing this challenge. I have six different areas that you can look into. And if you are currently struggling with an offer that is not selling, then it might be worthwhile for you to actually get your notebook out and start making some notes because this episode might help you to turn that around. The first thing that we want to look at is you, the person that is selling the offer, because it doesn't matter what type of strategy you have for sales, especially as a solo entrepreneur or a business that is infused with your personal brand, you cannot leave yourself out of the equation. So when you look at sales and when you do sales, you also have to look at you, your energy, your beliefs, and what you think and believe about doing sales. That is the first area. And I'll dive a little bit deeper into this after completing the list for you. The second area that you can look at is your client. Because you want to have a fit between your client and the offer. The third area that you want to consider to improve is your offer. The fourth one, your messaging and your marketing five, your sales funnel, and six, finally, your efforts. Let's start with the first area, which is you. Now, sales is usually about sales strategy and about sales tactics. But as I said, when your brand and your business is really infused, then don't underestimate how much you as a person also play a role in whether you're selling your products and services or not. Especially how you feel, what you believe, and what you think about sales. Because maybe you recognize this, if you're not making sales on your offer, the first thing that you start doubting is yourself. And if you've put your offer out, but you're not making any sales, the first thing that people will look at usually is themselves. They will start doubting themselves. They're losing their confidence. They say things to themselves like, I'm not good at selling or nobody wants my offer. And this can create a cycle of negative beliefs about sales and about yourself and about money that will only enforce the fact that you are not making any sales. And so we want to change that because you will not be able to sell with confidence if you have any doubts about yourself or your ability to sell, or if you have any doubts about your offer, or even just about money and what you think about money. If you think that it's hard to make money, if you think that selling is dirty, or if you have beliefs like I'm a bad salesperson or I don't like being sold to, these will all impact how you are selling to others as well. Because if you think sales are dirty, then you will probably not make an offer to a client 
when the opportunity arises. It is also hard to sell something if it comes from a place of neediness, of being desperate to make some sales. And people can really sense that because if you think back of maybe a moment where you bought some product or services from somebody else, you bought it because you felt that the person was confident with their offer. The person was okay with selling it to you. You know, they were not hiding away. They were not trying to sell you something that they didn't believe in. They were not trying to convince you of something that they did not like themselves. No, they, they probably showed a lot of confidence in selling this to you. And therefore, it also felt good probably for you to buy from that person. So when you are unsure about your own abilities, uh, whether or not you're good enough, if you have these type of thoughts and feelings, it might be really good to dive into these beliefs and these feelings to see what is actually causing you to believe those things. What I used to do before when I was also not really confident in selling was just to write down these feelings that I had and these beliefs around selling, about making sales, about offering someone something for the price that I wanted to ask and try to understand where this was coming from. I just wrote them down and tried to find out what caused me to think or believe that thought. So one of the things was, for instance, you know, you have to... One of the beliefs around sales or money, for instance, was that money is hard. You have to hard work hard for it, right? That was a belief that I had. Another thing was that I felt that I had to make sales right from the get-go. And that resulted in me feeling frustrated or that things were not going fast enough because I just wanted to get my business up and running so bad that I was infusing this energy, this negative energy, into how I would promote myself, the type of offers that I would do, or when I would talk to people. So it did not come from a place of confidence and from faith or belief that it would happen. It actually was coming from a place of, as I mentioned, of this neediness, of this as not going fast enough, of this impatience. If those are feelings that you have too, then I highly recommend you to write these things down as I did before and just try to understand why you have these type of beliefs and then also create some new beliefs around those things. Instead of saying, oh, selling is hard, I would rephrase it into something like selling is a service. You know, I am serving other people with my offers, with selling my services. Or I would say, Selling is a game. It's just a game to see how many people I can help. You know, these type of things. It was really being conscious about your thoughts around selling, your thoughts around creating offers, about changing my beliefs and changing my thoughts around selling and around what doing sales meant. Having gone through this entire process, having done this, like having worked on myself, on my beliefs around money and around sales, I now feel really confident in what I'm offering to my clients. And that shows because I have a pretty high closing rate on my sales calls when I do sales calls with prospects. And that is because I'm confident in what I have to offer. But a funny thing about money is that I love talking about money. It's not a topic that I don't like talking about. I usually talk with my family about money because they are all business owners. And I am okay with talking about money, about sales about how much things cost and, and those type of things but what helped me back was this belief that only if I could show that I was making a lot of money from the get-go that I would feel successful now of course when you're just starting out 
it doesn't happen overnight. But because I had this belief that I have to sell a lot in order to show that I'm worthy enough, I started to make it harder for myself to actually sell. Another belief linked to this might be your belief that you're not good enough, your belief that your offer is not worthy enough. Even though you have put a lot of effort in creating a great offer for someone else, you still might sometimes feel that you are not good enough. Or maybe you have this feeling like, who am I to offer this service? Who am I to say that I'm good at this? And if that is what you believe and what you feel about yourself, then one way to work on that belief is to think what you would do in case you would not be good enough. And okay, that sounds a little bit strange, but let me explain it to you. So for instance, you put out an offer and you doubt yourself whether it's good enough, whether you put enough value into it. What will happen the moment that someone comes to you or has a question about your offer or when they start working with you? What happens if they have a question? You will probably then be a person that will do everything in your power to make sure that that client gets an answer or to make sure that you help that client move forward. So the actual fact that you are thinking that you might not be providing enough value, that characteristic of you is actually what's going to help you to create better experiences for a customer once you start working with them. Because, because you have this belief, you will not just say, okay, I'm not going to help you anymore. You will even do some extra work. Now, I'm not saying you should always do extra work for your clients if it's not in scope of your work, but just have faith that because you are this type of person, you will probably do everything in your power to make this client happy. And so that in the end will result in happy clients. And so you don't have to deal with this, what they call imposter syndrome, saying you can do something and not deliver. Now let's move on to the next area that you can look at when you are not selling enough of your offers. The second area is about your client. There has to be a client fit. There has to be a product solution fit and a product market fit. In other words, you have to make sure that your offer is actually valuable to your client. And the way that you do that is to take a look at how much you have actually taken your client into account when creating this offer. Ideally, your offer will be based on your client's desires and your client's pains and other things that your client is valuing. And if it does not match that client, it's going to be really hard to sell it to that specific client. Now, it happens quite a lot, actually, that people start creating offers in isolation of their clients. And that is something that I don't recommend. What you could do better is to validate your offer with your clients by really tuning into who your client is, figuring out what is driving them, what their pains are in reaching those desires, the things that they value in getting the thing done. So if you offer a service, what do they value? Do they value speed? Do they value cost savings? Do they value other things? You know, you have to really understand your client in order to craft an offer that fits that client. If you just create an offer without looking at that, it can be that you try to sell it to a lot of different people. But for each and every one of these people, it might not be a perfect fit. And if a competitor has a better fit than your product fit that clients, then there's a big chance that your client will go with someone else. So again, think about your client first. Are you helping your client to overcome a specific problem? Do you help them achieve a desire that they actually have or a goal that they have? 
And to what extent do you have assumptions and have you created your offer around assumptions about your client that you haven't validated? So to what extent have you really dug into what your client wants and who your client is? And if you haven't created your offer based on one specific client that has a specific problem, then that might be the reason why your offer is not selling. The third area to look at when nobody buys your offer is your offer itself. Because what you want to offer your clients is something that is truly valuable to your customer. It should be an irresistible offer that is great and that is the best solution for your client compared to its competitors. So look at your offer itself. How does your offer compare to your competitors or alternatives? As an example, a competitor is someone who is your direct competitor offering the same type of products and services. But an alternative, that's another way that your client can employ to actually get the same results. For instance, if you're a personal trainer, of course your, your client can also do it themselves, you know, without a personal trainer. That would be an alternative. But the benefit of having a personal trainer versus doing it yourself is that probably with a personal trainer, it will go much quicker. So that alternative of doing it yourself might take a lot longer. Plus, you might have to investigate a lot of things yourself. So do that check. Is your offer truly standing out from your competitors? And also, is it an irresistible one? Meaning that what is included in your offer is actually helping your client achieve what they want. It could also be that your offer is way too much for a client. Your client wants a solution to a specific problem, but you throw so much in it that your client gets confused. So make sure that your offer is irresistible and that is including those things that you can truly help your customer with. Because if your client cannot see or understand what this offer actually is, then it's also hard for them to make a decision on buying it. Now, how do you make your offer more irresistible? There are multiple ingredients to creating an irresistible offer. You can play with your pricing. You can play with how you're offering things. You can play with how you deliver it. You can think of ways that you can take away risks or doubts about your offer. And all of these components and even more ingredients make up your irresistible offer. So make sure that your offer is truly irresistible in the eyes of your customer. Now, the fourth area that you can take a look at and analyze is your messaging and your marketing. Your messaging and your marketing are basically everything that you put out to educate your customer about your offer. So your messaging, is it clear and is it compelling? Is it actually talking about the pain points and desires? And is it also helping them to answer questions that they have in their mind? Like, is this right for me? Is this relevant for me? I'm not sure about this offer. All these type of questions that your client has is something that you could and should answer in your messaging and in your marketing. Actually, your messaging is your way to talk to your customer and the things that you talk about are actually derived from your customer. Again, here, your messaging is based on your customer and based on your offer. And therefore, it's not really effective if you have messaging and marketing messages that are not linked to your offer and not linked to your client. Yes, you can post a lot of articles and things on a lot of different topics or about your personal brand, but if it's not linked to your customer 
to your customer's desires, their pains, it's not linked to your offer, then also the messaging and marketing is not really effective. Basically, your messaging is a conversation with your customer about your offer and about the value that you're able to bring. So it's really important to address all of these different things. The fifth area that you can take a look at is your sales funnel. Now your marketing and your messaging is part of this sales funnel. But what you need to analyze in your sales funnel is how your customer moves through the funnel. Within your funnel, there are different steps that people can go through or different steps that they take from getting aware about your brand to the point that they become a customer. So you have these different steps. The first step might be that they are becoming aware of you and of what you have to offer. Then they might get interested in what you have to offer. They might take certain actions and then they maybe book a call with you and then they might become a customer. In my case, my sales funnel at the moment for one-on-one clients is pretty straightforward. I am making people aware of my brand by social media posts, by networking events, by talking to people and making connections and making sure that they know what I offer and by asking for referrals for my clients. Once a new person comes into my sales funnel and is getting aware of what I have to offer, then I also let them know directly that they can book a strategy call with me to talk about their own challenges in their business. And if they take on upon that free offer, like book a free strategy call with me, then during the strategy call, I will do my best to give a lot of value and to showcase my experience and my knowledge and capabilities. So they actually become more and more interested in working with me. This strategy call is not really a sales call for me. It is basically a trial session to show them what type of value I can bring. And it's a way for them to also experience what it is like to work with me. And and at the end of this strategy call, I am not directly offering my services. But I will leave it up to that person to decide whether or not they want to know more about my offers. And I can say that up till this point, during each and every strategy session, these prospects actually asked me about my offers without me actually actively offering it to them. So that is really positive. So once that happens, I will tell them about my offer. And usually I will also let them know that I will send them some information if they want to. And then we book another 30 minute call a week later or two weeks later to follow up. And usually that is when people decide to work with me or not. And at this point, more than 50% of the people that book a strategy call with me, they become my client. So I think that's pretty good. So this is my sales funnel and the steps that you have in your sales funnel might differ from mine. You might have maybe a Facebook ad that is leading to your landing page where people can sign up for a freebie. Then they get nourished by some emails from your email marketing system automatically. And then slowly you will offer your offer to them through the emails. That could be one sales funnel for you. And so this is different for everybody, but what you want to analyze is how many people move from one step to the next. And where the conversion is low, that is an opportunity for you to take it up a notch. If you have an offer and nobody is buying your offer, or you just have a few people buying your offer, then you can analyze this throughout your sales funnel to see where the bottleneck is. 
Is it maybe that you did not put yourself out there enough? That not enough people are aware of what you have to offer? Or maybe you made a lot of people aware about your offers, but nobody is inquiring about your product or your service. So maybe there is an opportunity for you to improve something. Or maybe all the way up to the point that people book a call with you or almost become your customer, you're not able to convert them. If that is the case, then you have a big opportunity to optimize that part in your sales funnel. The last area that you can look at to find out what you're missing or what you can optimize is to have an honest assessment with yourself on your overall efforts. Are you giving up too soon? That could be the case. It could be that you put your offer out and you did one thing and then you thought like, okay, this is not happening. People are not buying it. I'm, I'm going to quit. That can happen. You give up too soon because you did not make a sale the first time that you put something out, which shakes up your beliefs about yourself and which then makes you decide to not put any more effort in it. But you could also be not doing enough. It could be that you're doing everything, but you're not doing it enough. Not enough to hit those numbers, not enough to hit those targets. Because if you look at your sales funnel, obviously not everybody that you talk to or that becomes aware of you will become your client. If you talk to too little people, or if you make too little efforts throughout your sales funnel, then you just might not hit the right amount of people or inquiries to actually convert enough clients so that is something to also be aware of not doing enough just means that you have to take it up a notch if you're getting only one client and you've talked to 20 people maybe you should talk to 40 people and then convert another client so be aware of your conversion rate between each step of the sales funnel and look at each step in the funnel to see if you're actually doing enough now it could also be that you are not giving up too soon that you're also doing enough but you're still not hitting those numbers. And that could mean that you're not focusing on the right things or the right activities. Or maybe you're not looking in the right places. For instance, you talk to many people, but actually the people that you talk to are already not an ideal client of yours. And if you talk to a lot of different people that might not be interested in your product or service, then yeah, the conversion rate will just be really low. It's much better to take a look at who your customer is and where you can find those ideal customers. And so again, getting sales has to do with making sure that each part of your sales funnel that you offer and your client, that everything is aligned. We've come to the end of this podcast. And in this podcast, I went over a couple of different areas. So hopefully you took some notes. And if not, you can just re-listen to this podcast with your notebook. If you currently have the situation that not a lot of people or nobody is buying your offers. It's a matter of analyzing this and optimizing where you can. Now, if you have listened to this episode and feel that you're still missing some things or you still would like to have some feedback, then you can book a free strategy session with me. And during that session, I will look at your business, your goals, your challenges. And within 60 minutes, I will share with you the opportunities I see for you to actually reach those things that you want to reach. I'll give you tips and tricks that you can take with you right away and can start working on right after the strategy session. That is my promise to you when you book one. If that sounds interesting to you, then head on over to the show notes and click on the link to book this call and hopefully I'll talk to you. If this episode was helpful to you, of course, I would also be really grateful if you could leave a rating and a review so that more people can learn about this podcast. So that's it for today and I'll talk to you in the next one. Talk to you later. Bye.